0: The musician contemplates the great mirror. It spins, red and yellow light, flicking like a dancer's skirt across the city's dazed, heated face. His body is hot and sweat cools in his pits. His throat is dry. Hunger harries his immiserated innards. The red tiles under his cheek are cold. His eyes are grey as the sky. If he were to close them, the mirror's fire would still whirl in on his vision. He will watch the mirror until it's lowered in the evening. He will stay in the dark of the balcony until it emerges once more with the dawn. He has been immobile for three days, sprawled on his side like a child in the womb. A whisper. Ustad. It is a voice that is used to bellowing in triumph for the admiration of thousands. It does not know what to do with itself now. Without stirring, without moving his eyes or his mind from the mirror, indeed without moving his lips, the musician answers the unasked question. I will not, Turzan. The musician's nostrils swell, greedily inhaling the scent of fresh baked bread, of a richly spiced stew. They are not allowed to penetrate into his mind. But you haven't eaten in three days, Ustad, Turzan Diamondtooth says. His words pleading and aware of their impotence. As his ustad does not reply, he says The Rani Anrakis, uh, send a message. She she said she really wants you to join her tonight. She said it it'd be a real shame to not have the best sitar player in the city you know, present for his own birthday party. She said she was she was hoping to learn the victory raga from you. Uh, Turzan Diamond Tooth is at a loss for what else to add. Convey my regrets. But, Ustad, it's the Rani, and it's your birthday. Diamond Tooth betrays his panic, but he is too artless for subtext. She, she pays for us. The Ustad hears his hand swing through the air in demonstration. They're roasting Leviathan. Ustad Zara's going to play supporting act for you. Ustad Zara, come on. I know, if there's one person in the city you look up to... I understand the gravity of my decision. You do not know me to be capricious or frivolous. Thus, you too understand the gravity of my decision. It's a whole party just for you. You're you're turning 80, man. Come on. Even the Akarosi governor is going to be there. I hear they got the spirit warden to show up. You can't just make them cancel. As you say, the ustad's stomach rolls. It is too big to stop from happening. I have no wish to stop the party. I simply will not attend. You will convey my regrets. I tire of this conversation. But, but dude, Ustad, you can't... Is it the peasants? Ustad, it was only a mug. I'll handle it. Come on, I... I mean that I require you to go, dur the Eustard says not unkindly to his dimmest pupil. on Diamond Tooth leaves the balcony. The sounds of his footsteps echo into the antechamber of the Ustad's mind, where he keeps the sounds of the traffic, the smell of sewage and food, the shouts of the crowds gathering for the morning's games at the Colosseum, the feel of the red tile on his cheek. And there these things stay along with the regret and guilt for Rani Paramita Andrakis is a favorite. Ustad Zara, his hero, roast Leviathan his favorite especially if glazed in spirit honey. In deeper chambers of his mind the Ustad contemplates the mirror. He contemplates fire. He contemplates hunger, pain, suffering, fury. And at the end of these things he knows there is a deeper part, the place within the sheath of his flesh where his soul ends. And in that place of nothingness, sacred to a god of the city, he senses the presence of an enemy. An enemy within himself, his city, his world, an enemy to his god and his god's brothers. A pretender to the throne, and is he not a loyal armsman? Ustad J. Cleve lies still, sweating with the labor of forging his panoply of weapons.